Welcome to Bucks Insider Live presented by Verizon. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And you know, it's, it's interesting, this time of year in the off season, sometimes we're like, man, we don't really have a whole lot to talk about. But after our last show, a whole bunch of things happened. Yeah almost right after timing. we went live. Yeah, the timing was very interesting. So we actually do have a fair amount to talk about now in terms of since our last show. It isn't necessarily the newest of information at this point, but uh, the Bucks did Should still be acknowledged. Still, yes, yeah, still need to talk about it now that the Bucks did end up having several coaching changes. So we figured we'd go through that mm -hmm. now and then what we know in terms of the um, attempts to replace some of those right. people that are going on now. So uh, first of all, just take us kind of through the changes that were made. Yeah, and I think Shameless plug here, um, you're, you and Brianna and Jeff and I combined our, did a little mashup of our podcast, so check that out on Buccaneers. Yes, it was or, very fun. So or, Salty Dogs Tampa 2 mashup, it yeah, was great. Wherever you get your podcast. Um, and I, we talked about this a little bit. It's, it's one of the hard parts, uh, one of the unfortunate parts of the job, right? And uh, you don't just, you, these are people you work with and you don't like to see them lose their jobs, but it happens. So let's acknowledge that, mm -hmm. right? And so the Buccaneers parted ways with six coaches, um, including offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, also uh, Chris Boniel, Kevin Garver, Jeff Castle, Lori Locust, and Todd McNair. And uh, also three others decided to retire, and that was Clyde Christensen, Rick Christoffel, and Bob Sanders. Yeah, so, so almost exclusively on the offensive side, you had Lori Locust and Bob Sanders who were leaving on the defensive side, and then Chris Boniol, the kicking specialist. So now, of course, there's just so many interesting, we talked about this on Salty Dogs, the dominoes now of where you don't really know exactly, we've got a lot of free agents, you don't really know exactly what yeah. this team is going to look like from that standpoint, salary cap, and then it's, do you hire people based on the players? Do players come back based on who you hire? The yeah. order of all of that. So what do we know at this point about where the Bucks are in terms of some of that hiring and, and yeah. the way they're going about it? Well, job it? number one is the offensive coordinator because like you said, most of these positions were offensive and so you want to get the guy at the top in first or woman, man or woman mm -hmm. at the top in first and then you know, fill those assistant positions after that. And they have started to line up some candidates and like most teams, when they finish an interview, then the Buccaneers announce that they've done so. So the one we know for sure is Clint Kubiak of the Denver Broncos, the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Denver Broncos and former um, offensive coordinator for the Vikings. He interviewed yesterday. So mm -hmm. there'll probably be some more. These are going to be coming out. We won't, we won't really announce them until they're done. But I think that's the thing that that's job number one. Right, which is going to be so interesting. And so um, looking at this, what do you feel like are the things that they're going to be the, the steps that we can be paying attention to now of how this offseason goes in terms of like we talked about the free agents, mm. there's salary cap things, there's coaches to hire. How is this different maybe than we've had a lot of continuity these last few years, both in terms of coaching yeah. and players. So we have not had to walk through this in a little while. Remind everyone kind of the, the timeline of when these things might be happening, how it affects this offseason and, and what we might be looking well, for. Well, I think the coaching hires will happen relatively quick, quickly because they kind of have to, mm -hmm. right? You really need to get your plans in place. And, and also there are a lot of teams, there's about nine teams, if you count the ones that uh, fired their head coaches, that are looking for new offensive coordinators. Yeah. So if you're, if there's any person out there that you're really hot after, you may have competition for that person, and so you kind of have to move pretty quickly. Yeah, that's been so interesting to see because, to your point, yeah, it's like it might make it harder because there are so many teams you could be in competition with, but it also shows how many teams parted ways with their offensive yeah. coordinators, which means maybe there's more available than in, in traditional years that have had experience in that area as compared to someone who hasn't sure. that's moving up into that role. Yeah. Which would be good news for people like Byron Lefwich. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, as I meant to say when we were talking about that, um, Coach Bowles decided that these moves needed to be made 
for the future, for the you know, for the betterment of the team going forward in 2023. But let's not diminish the, and he said so in his quote, the work that, and the effort and the successes they helped mm -hmm. in the past four years. I mean, look at Byron Leftwich as an example. You know, he was on the Super Bowl staff. Yep. He was a coordinator for an offense that did really well for several years. So good for them for that. But yes, in terms of a lot of candidates being out there, that's true. Uh, and so there could be some competition for him. So I think that's first. But I think probably the other big storyline, <clears throat> I mean, quarterback is obviously the big storyline. Kind line, of a big one. But the thing that underlies all of this is the buck salary cap situation. Mm -hmm. And that's something that actually is going to have to be attended to before free agency. So that's actually the next thing because the Buccaneers, as constituted now, are about $55 million over the cap with the contracts they have for 2023, which you can't do. I mean, you can't just go, oh, well, we're no, over the well, cap. Yeah. You, you, absolutely, you have to solve it. So there will be, without a doubt, some roster moves made. Some players might even get released. It's possible. But there will be maybe contract extensions or, or contracts we reworked. And all that's going to happen in the next, like, month and a half. Yeah, which is going to be interesting. And so looking at to your point, the free agent list, it is so long, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in terms of the contract or the salary cap situation that you have a lot of guys that you can figure out what to do with yeah. now as compared to already being locked in with them, but um, it is going to be quite a task for Jason Light and his whole staff. What do you feel like are going to be some of the priorities and, and how do all these different, again, dominoes affect each other of looking at who all is a free agent on this team? Well, there's about 20, there's about two dozen of them, Jeez. which actually isn't really all that uncommon. The Bucks have been in that situation for about three or four years in a row now, and part of the reason for that is they have signed a lot of one-year contracts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, guys, a couple guys like Leonard Fournette, Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, they got long-term deals in the last couple of years, but before that, we're going year to year. Tom Brady almost has gone year to year. The last one was two years. So um, there have been a lot, like you signed a guy like Akeem Hicks. He was an important free agent addition for the Buccaneers, but they only signed him to a one-year deal. So you get a lot of those deals, which means every year you have a couple dozen unrestricted free agents to deal with, and you don't bring them all back. Right. But there are some names on there. Obviously, we keep saying that Tom Brady is an unrestricted free agent, um, but there's others. Levante David, you know, who's been this team captain for nine straight years and, and really had a very nice season he in did. his 11th year. Um, and most of the secondary, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's the, basically that is the way to look at it, is almost the entire Carlton secondary. Carlton Davis is under contract and Antoine Winfield's under contract, and, and that's, that's about it. it. That's yep. crazy. We talked about that on our Salty Dogs podcast of where I had looked up what a huge percentage of the passes yeah, defensed did, yeah. and interceptions. I think you said eight of the it 10. It was eight of 10 interceptions, and then I can't remember the exact number for the passes defensed. It was something like... 59 of 70 or something. Yeah, something, some crazy amount. So, um, yeah, I think that... It's been, we've taken for granted the fact that we had such a young core back there for so long, which meant they were young, they were inexpensive, and they had only played under this system. Mm -hmm. There was just a lot yeah. to that that was very impressive. It was the function of a couple of good drafts in a row. Mm -hmm. A lot of second and third draft picks, and fourth even if you count Jordan Whitehead, who left last year, they just drafted a lot of defensive backs in the second through fourth round range and most of them worked out yeah and that just became your not core a given for four years yeah but those years are up now yes which <clears throat> does that tell us something about where this team feels like they can get you know because we know the bucks are not going to be picking super high in any round um does it change what they feel like they can get or maybe the positions they feel like they can do a good job of in those mid rounds based on the history of what this team has done Yeah, that's and a good point that's a good point that maybe they're not as worried about it because they've seen hey we've gotten 
offensive linemen that weren't mm -hmm. first-round picks that panned out, Allie Marpet and Donovan Smith, yeah, all, all those people. You've gotten all these DBs in later rounds, yeah. so maybe that tells them that it's okay that as much as we'd all love for a higher draft pick early on, that that's the, the downside of making the playoffs is that it's less about your record and more about the fact that you made the playoffs, but maybe they feel like those mid-round picks can be um, a good one. And then we also had some news about Chris Godwin, which uh, I, I thought was very exciting. So do you want to tell everybody about the award he has been voted to? He was the Bucks choice for the Ed Block Courage Award for this year. They do that. Each team does that every year. And then they have a, I think it's in Baltimore. They mm -hmm. have a ceremony and um, there's one chosen overall. Um, it's, it's generally for players who have overcome something. And obviously Chris Godwin did an amazing job of overcoming his very significant knee injury from last December to the point that I think Coach Bowles might have said this on your show. Um, surprisingly, he's not a at least a finalist for comeback player of the That's year. That's what I was going to say. <clears throat> I love that he got the Ed Block Courage Award, but I really feel like he deserved at least a, a shot. He's not a finalist. I, and I almost feel like this is my opinion on this. I almost feel like he did too good a job of overcoming it, where <laughs> so people forgot. Whatever. They forgot because it happened so late last season that it almost felt like it was after the season. Like his whole comeback journey, because right. he was back week one, it's like it almost didn't happen in people's minds because it all happened in that off-season yeah. period when maybe you're not paying as much attention and you saw Chris Godwin for most of last year and then he came out and, and was playing really well. He missed a little bit early in the year, but almost it's like he did so well at it that people were like, wait, come back from, come from, from what? what? Yeah, he was yeah. good to start last year. He was good to start this year. Right. I mean, but Saquon Barkley, if Saquon Barkley's a candidate, I, Chris's injury was more significant than his and I his know. season was just as good. That was very frustrating to me. But yeah, at least if he's not going to get the comeback player, I was happy that he got the Courage Award. And yeah, I think the awards are maybe April 1st and 2nd to okay. announce yeah. um, all of those in, in Baltimore. So yeah, I was, I was very happy for him. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was so interesting that I, I did feel like almost it's like he did too well. <laughs> he finished third in the league in catches per game. Which is crazy. He missed two games and half of another and still got over 100 catches. It's incredible. I mean, what do you got to do? Yeah, at this point. Yeah, at this point. Does it really matter? Yeah, I'm sure to Chris. It's not like we're talking about and, MVP. And here. of all people who is not award seeking, right. it's that guy that, you know, all of our dang humble it's wide more, receivers. It's more weird than, than upsetting. Yeah. It's like, why would he? Why would he not? Geno Smith came back from what? <laughs> not starting? Yeah. Hey, that's rough. <laughs> he had a great year. He did. He'll probably win the award. He did have a great year. And I saw that Gino was talking about how he was upset that Pete Carroll was not one of the coach. coach of the year ones. Yeah. And that he was like, wait a minute. There's a lot of good candidates. There are a lot of good candidates, which is going to be interesting. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider Live presented by Verizon. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be coming back to you periodically throughout the off season. So make sure you have those questions ready for us. Put them underneath our live video on the Facebook page whenever you watch our show. We'll see you next time.